it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Her green copper-based face paint melted into her skin, giving her second and third degree burns. Oh, she was literally fucking melting. That is not okay. That is so fucked up. It's fucked up. So fucked up. It is just so damn fucked up. That's fucked up. Hey, everybody. Jesus Christ. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. This is That's So Fucked Up, a podcast about cults, murder, and other generally fucked up stuff. We are your hosts. I'm Ashley Richards. And I'm Michelle Mosher. Yeah, I text Michelle this morning at 6.30 and asked if she remembered hearing about The Exorcist. Remember back in 73? You remember hearing about that? You remember yeah, back in the... <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> Wait, didn't you cover this already? I did. Okay. I was like, I heard about this and I'm pretty sure it was from you and Cam. Yes. So today is like a mixture, oldie but goodie, but newbie, but good. A remix? It's a remix. Really bad at sound effects. So I don't know if you remember, but apparently you do. You fucking psycho. <laughs> Episode 36, which was so long ago. It was so long ago. Gosh. Well, geez, Ashley, sorry. I've loved the podcast for years. Ugh. Okay. You're right. How dare I? So episode 36, Cam and I did Cursed Movie Sets. Yeah. She did a film that she had worked on called Dementia 13. And I did The Exorcist because it's definitely, definitely the most haunted. Yeah. I did look into Poltergeist and there are a lot of deaths surrounding the film, but it kind of just seems like a series of really tragic accidents, you know? Yeah. So- Mm -hmm. A lot of the cast and crew over the years have said, like, please stop calling it a curse. That's really disrespectful. (sighs) So I didn't want to do that. According to this article on Screen Rant that I wrote. Wait, you wrote? No, I did not wrote it. No, sorry. (laughs) I read it. I read it. I was like, you wrote an article? I did write an article once. It's on Medium. (laughs) Excellent. So in The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which came out in 2005, actress Jennifer Carpenter, apparently every night her radio turned on by itself with no explanation. Don't. Don't like that. I sure would not have been a fan of that. Mm-mm. Poltergeist 2, Dominique Dunn, who played Dana Freeling, her boyfriend strangled her to death a few months after the movie. Ugh. Heather O'Rourke, who played the little girl, you know, they're here. Yeah. Who I thought was Drew Barrymore. Yes. Yeah. Someone corrected us. <laughs> yeah. I think Ryan was editing that episode and he was like, you're you're wrong. He's like, are you thinking of Firestarter? I was like, I don't know. know. And then I realized (laughs) that I'm pretty sure I was thinking of E.T. Yeah, I think she was in that. Drew Barrymore is definitely in E.T. He's definitely not in Poltergeist. Oh, that's funny, though, because they're both Steven Spielberg. Oh, one's much scarier than the other. 
E.T. phone home. I have never cried harder than during that scene. Did I tell you that I've only ever seen E.T. in Spanish? I've told you that, right? No, that's hilarious. <laughs> so good thing they do in Spanish, you know, middle school Spanish. You know, you have movie days sometimes in school. And our Spanish teacher had two movies that were like in Spanish with English subtitles. She had E.T. and she had Karate Kid. I've seen them multiple times, but only in Spanish. Okay, but your Spanish teacher sounds like she fucking rocked. What? She was like, here, guys, watch E.T. and Karate Kid. Dude, Senora Hill was killer. What's up, Senora Hill, if you're listening? Is it like... E.T. Casa Telefono. Telefono mi casa. <laughs> Sorry, Spanish speakers. We probably totally butchered that. That was great. We did great. We did great. So Heather O'Rourke, who is not Drew Barrymore, she died at just the age of 12 from septic oh, shock. Jesus. She had some sort of disease that was misdiagnosed. And oh. yeah, at the very young age of 12, she passed away, which was really sad. So there was a couple other deaths on set. This is actually really scary. The toy clown that chokes the boy under the bed malfunctioned and like actually was choking him. And everybody was just like, man, this kid's putting on a hell of a performance. And then once Steven Spielberg noticed that his face was turning blue, he was like, I don't think this is acting. And then like literally had to pry the clown's mechanical hands from this kid's neck. Oh, my. And then imagine if they're like, all right, guys, let's take two. You're like, no, mm -mm, no, mm -mm. that was good. I'm hoping, guessing that's the scene they used in the movie. Dude, surely. Or if maybe they had some better takes before that. But I really hope that they didn't make that child ever go near that clown again. <laughs> yeah, you don't get much better acting than literally having the thing you're acting happening to you. Which we will talk about in The Exorcist. Because she did projectile vomit while her head spun 360 degrees in real life. No. Oh, fuck. No, you're wrong. Did you think that was a thing or no. did you just make that up? <laughs> I just made that up right now. In an attempt to be funny. I'm funny, Ashley. Mm. I'm funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is not cursed movie sets. It's fucked film sets. So we're getting away <laughs> nice. from the it's a curse, but just it was fucked. I like that. Rosemary's Baby from mm -hmm. 1968, which I've never seen. I should. I've heard it's pretty good. Do you know the tie to Rosemary's Baby that you and I already have? No. Yes. No. Go. <laughs> we covered Anton LaVey, and he was consulted for the film. Oh! People think he was in it, but there's a big argument on the internet as to whether he was actually in it or not. Oh, okay. He's not credited. Also, some crew members and people working on the film had deaths and accidents. The movie's composer died at a party after falling. I don't know the exact details if he fell and hit his head or if he like fell from the top of a building, but he fell and died. He fell and died. Wow. The producer had life-threatening kidney stones and was apparently hallucinating that Rosemary was coming after him with a knife in the hospital. Oh, so, yeah, people were like a little bit tripping out on that set, too. Dude, I've heard kidney stones are like some of the worst pain you can have. I've heard it's like a baby, giving a baby, yeah. like same level. I like that you just said giving a baby instead of having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the pain of like giving a baby. Here you go, world, I gave you this baby. I'm so in touch with, you know, all that feminine baby reproductive jargon. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like giving a baby, man. 
how's Jennifer? Did she give her baby yet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if it was biblical times, you would be like having a baby and just giving it to God immediately, kind of, right? <laughs> Sacrifice this baby. You got to give it. That's, I don't know. It's kind of the gist I'm getting. Mm-hmm. It happened. Thank you for that delightful moment. <laughs> So I know that at least you, Michelle, uh-huh. have heard yep, that's me. the story of The Exorcist. Uh-huh. But now that we have over 100 episodes available on the regular feed, we have put season three on Patreon. So seasons one, two, and three, that is the first 36 episodes. So many. Are now no longer available on the regular feed, but they are available ad-free on Patreon. So if you join Patreon for just $5 a month, patreon.com slash TSFU, you will get access to all 36 of those episodes, as well as all of our old interviews, plus all of our bonus content, like Ash and Michelle do the Bible. You probably get like 80 extra episodes that are not available on the regular feed by joining Patreon. Oh my God. It's like insane. So this was actually episode 36. Like I said, Cam did Dementia 13. I did The Exorcist. That's now on the Patreon. And today I am covering The Exorcist once more. And also, this will probably surprise you, The Wizard of Oz. (gasps) Hell yeah. I love that film. Yeah. Did you even think that would have been coming? No, I know some shit happened on that movie set, but I don't, I'm not deeply aware. I just know like some of it. Yeah. You know, because they say that if you are in the forest scene and you like look for it, you can see that guy hanging. What? Yeah, like the trees. Apparently, supposedly, allegedly, you can see <laughs> a man who hung himself in the background of the forest. Okay, well, somehow that didn't come up in my <laughs> fucking research. But I'm glad that you mentioned it. (laughs) I think it might be an urban legend. I don't know. I've read disputing accounts and I've never been able to see it. So that could be why, because like maybe it's not like 100% real. It is still a fun urban legend, though. So it is fun. I mean, well, not like not like fun. I'm glad you threw that tidbit in. And real quick, before we start speaking of Patreon, I just wanted to big give what? (laughs) Big, big give. Thanks. Big give. Thank you. Big give. Big give a baby. Thank you to our new Patreon babies, Katie, (gasps) Julia, Maria, Sina, Laura, Sophia, Catherine, Gatris, Rachel, and Jeff, and Casey upgraded again. Jesus. You guys. I I, I know. I don't even know what to say. I I can't even. I don't even know what to say right now. Other than. Speechless. We love you. love you. You don't even know. Like you legit you don't. do not know how much your $5 a month means to us. It like it's true. makes our fucking world. So thank you guys so much. Yeah. And I know that some of y'all were more than $5. So thank you to everyone who joined at every level. Oh my God. We appreciate you. Every level. So much. If you gave me 50 cents a month, I'd be like, wow, thank you. <laughs> so this is 10 times that at least. I pay you little because that's what we can afford as a show. And you're always very grateful for it. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. You know what? It's more than 50 cents. It is. So yeah, we're not going to dive into it. Okay, guys, but it's more than 50 cents. It's more than I get more than 50 cents. That's all that matters to me. You know what? Hey, Shorty, it's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. We're going to drink Bacardi Mm. like it's your birthday. Mm. And we don't give Mm. a fuck because it's your birthday. Mm. Mm. What? And on that note, we'll take a quick commercial break. I will link this Screen Rant article, as always, in the blog. And if you're like, "Mm, 
I haven't seen the blog lately. It's in the show notes now. And if you're like, "Mm, I missed some of those on the show notes, I am working on fixing it. (laughs) So, But Mm -hmm. yeah, this will be in the show notes. It will. It's more some back catalog stuff. You know what? I'm ranting. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. break time. Break. Break. Chicka chicka what? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, and we're back. So what I was saying is that I was going to link the Screen Rant article in the show notes in case anybody wanted to dive into some of those other allegedly cursed sets that I mentioned. Allegedly. But first, let me take you back to 1936 when The Wizard of Oz was released. It's one of my favorite movies. Is it? Mm -hmm. How many times have you seen it? I don't know. How many grains of sand are on a beach? How many stars are in the sky, Ashley? Who knows? (laughs) Who's to say? Enough to party. Enough to party. I'm really excited then that you're a big fan because there's some wild stuff here. So we will start with some of the difficulties on set. So because this film was among the earliest to be shot in Technicolor. (sighs) That scene. That was big stuff back then. It required really elaborate lighting. So the sound stage or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever, would get frequently up to 100 degrees. Holy shit. And people were constantly fainting and being carried off set. Good God. Because it was just hot as fuck. So hot. Yeah. Oh. At some point when the flying monkeys were flying, apparently this sounds like a terrible thing to string people up with. But the piano wire snapped. (gasps) I read piano wire because that's why I wrote it. It probably was. Yeah. But it feels like it had to be thicker than that. Come on. What? I don't know. I think that is like a thing. Piano wire being used in stage productions and stuff. I think that's real. Yeah, I don't know. But that shit fucking snapped, which is scary. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's very scary. And so, you know, the flying monkeys had a pretty big mishap there. God. I think the fucking exorcist set probably was cursed or haunted. Mm-hmm. But I don't think this one was. So I wrote, not haunted, but hauntingly racist. <laughs> Toto got paid more than the munchkins. The dog? That, yep, that is terrible. What? Yes, his salary was higher than the little people on set. (laughs) Oh, that's upsetting. Yeah. How is that? Mm -hmm. We don't like that. Why does the dog even get paid? Like, does it need money? Well, the owner of the... I mean, it's not the dog. (laughs) I know, but still. (laughs) Ashley, let's walk this back. (laughs) I mean, who is doing this dog's accounting? Who do you think got the money? (laughs) (laughs) Who's an accountant for a dog? (laughs) So, again, not haunted. Hauntingly misogynistic, though, and very fucked up. Mm. The Tin Man and the Scarecrow were each paid $3,000 a week. Holy shit. Guess how much Dorothy was paid? The main character. Oh, no. How much? Give a guess in comparison to $3,000. A thousand? Yeah, cut that in half, honey. $500? She got paid one six, <sighs> if I'm doing math right. 
Uh huh. That is correct. Yeah, she got paid one sixth as much as her male. Well, at least the Tin Man and Scarecrow. I'm not sure how everybody else made. That's pretty fucking awful. How fucked is that, dude? Yeah. I saved her for last because she had it the worst. When you hear how this movie fucking ruined her life for $500 a week, it's probably going to bum me out. So Great. I can't wait. You're welcome. Here we go. As you'll hear, they did not have it easy. For sure, this set sounded like a fucking nightmare. But hey, one of the greatest cinematic masterpieces of all time came from it, right? <sighs> I mean, yeah, but now you're like making me feel guilty I know. about feeling that way. Did you know that James Cameron made the water actually freezing cold for Titanic? I did hear that. Mm-hmm. He's like, you guys aren't going to look fake cold. Fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> I will not allow it. I mean, they are getting paid like millions of dollars a week or something, but still. Dude, the extras? I hope the extras in Titanic were paid well because they had to bob around in literally freezing water for like hours. <laughs> That's my impersonation of them bopping. You couldn't see that, listeners. That sounds like the worst fucking gig. Ugh. I hate being cold. No, me too. It just ruins things. It's terrible. So the scarecrow, played by Ray Bolger, said that his mask wasn't porous. It was basically just like a fucking latex mask that they stuck to his skin for the entire time. Oh. So he couldn't sweat. So like his skin couldn't breathe. Oh. And he said it was just terribly uncomfortable. And for a year after filming, he had deeply embedded lines at the corners of his mouth and chin from smiling with the mask on and it oh just like digging, slowly etching itself into his skin. Wow. For the next year, he had these like weird fucking lines on his face. That's like a Batman villain origin story. Oh my God. Why are you so serious? Let's put a smile on that face. I hope the audience likes my terrible impressions. Isn't the Scarecrow a Batman? Scarecrow is a Batman character. Yeah. It's true. Oh, my God. A villain. This was probably how he became the villain that he is today. (laughs) Yeah, he went through that and he's like, you know what? It's time to fuck up Gotham City. He got treated terribly on the set of Wizard of Oz and is like, I'm going to Gotham to make some mayhem. I'm going to take this out on the citizens there. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so the Tin Man was played by two people because terrible conditions of being the Tin Man. So the first Tin Man, Buddy Ebsen, was hospitalized after a dangerous allergic reaction to the silver makeup. The silver makeup was made of... Come on, Michelle. Real silver. No, worse. Oh. Aluminum powder. Oh, that makes more sense than real silver. (laughs) It's far less expensive. It's like actual silver. It's You're like, fun to have you guess, though. No. <laughs> tin man, Michelle. It's a tin man. <laughs> what do you think it's made of? Silver. Not the silver man. But yeah, so the... Silverman? The, <laughs> silverman and tin man. <laughs> the tin man. <laughs> the makeup was aluminum powder, so... You know, put enough of this aluminum powder on you and it seeps into your lungs and it's not great. Oh. So he didn't even get to be the fucking Tin Man. He had to leave production because he was hospitalized for months from the aluminum powder. So they replaced him with Jack Haley and they changed his makeup to a less toxic paste of some sort, which also wasn't great because he got a pretty bad eye infection. And for both of them, they had the pleasure of not being able to sit down during the day. 
at any point because the suit was made actually of metal. On a hundred degree film set. You're a human oven at that point. Yeah. You're a baked potato. You are literally a baked potato. Woof. Speaking of woof. Woof. The cowardly lion. No, actually, cats go meow. You said speaking of woof, but like, oh, no, that's meow. Oh, he's a cat. And actually, lions go rar. Shut up. Yeah. Rar. Shut up. <laughs> speaking of woof. I was saying like speaking of animals in general. Okay. Rude. That's funny. <laughs> I'm in a silly, goofy mood this morning, I guess. No, I probably was thinking of dogs, so it's okay. <laughs> But the cowardly lion, yeah, you know those sounds, was played by Bert Lahr, and his costume. This is nice too for the animal rights activists. Oh no! His costume was made from an actual lion hide and weighed about ninety pounds. That's not cool. So, poor lion. The 30s were like the fucking Wild West. No one gave a fuck. They're just like, you know what? We're making this movie. Do what you got to do. Yeah. Kill people. No one really had any rights. Kill lions. No rights for anybody. Mm -mm. Nope. They were like, hey, you, uh, we're going to paint you with silver. Except for the director. He probably had like all the rights in the world. Mm Mm-hmm. That was a Lucasfilm, right? George Lucas. George Lucas, yeah. Dude, he didn't make Star Wars till the 70s or something. This was in the 40s. Oh, okay. So it wasn't him. Um, no. no. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. Rawr. (laughs) Lion sounds. Okay, carrying on. Okay, my wayward daughter. (laughs) It was directed by Victor Fleming. Oh, nobody knows who that is. Real quick, just fun fact. Mm -hmm. George Lucas was born in 1944, five years after the release of this movie. He probably was inspired by this movie, honestly, as a kid. Like, whoa, that's movie making magic. He probably watched it, liked it. Yeah. Yes, he probably did watch and like it, did not direct it. Okay, fine. Fine. (laughs) Fine. Also, while he was wearing his 90-pound real lion hide, he wasn't allowed to eat in his makeup because it was really difficult to get on and off. So he had to, like, sip on soup and milkshakes. Oh, oh God. That was, like, his diet during filming. Okay, I love a milkshake. Oh, me too. I couldn't imagine drinking soup through a straw. Yeah, what, is it just broth? I was picturing, like, tomato soup. You're probably right. Broth makes more sense. Well, tomato could make sense, too, because I don't feel like the chunky soups would work so well no no you're not doing chili that just made me sick for some reason thinking about having chili through a straw chili through a fucking straw <laughs> let's get a boba straw the boba straw oh, worked. oh god boba straw chili <laughs> the beans just pop up you're welcome you guys we just give you a good idea whoa boba straw chili you know how they make boba with like chili to go the lid is just a piece of plastic that's like connected uh-huh. somehow yeah i don't even get how they do that they have a machine yeah so that but chili but chili <laughs> and you put the boba straw in you're welcome you guys and then the beans portable chili the beans flow through like little boba tapiocas like bursting boba it sounds like you're talking about digestive system things <laughs> <laughs> disgusting ending on some potty humor let's take a quick commercial break <sighs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we're back. Now we're going to talk about Margaret Hamilton. Oh, the poor witch. Uh The wicked witch of the West. Oh, no. We don't like her, though. I had a nightmare about her on Christmas Eve when I was seven. I've never forgotten. Yeah, no, you and a bunch of other people. And then everybody hated the actress, like the real woman for it. Because she scared us all so much. Yes. We're like, it was supposed to be a children's movie. Margaret Hamilton was a fucking former kindergarten teacher. (laughs) Oh, So, you know, the most famous scene, I'm melting, I'm melting. And she goes into the floor. Oh, what a world, what a world. Yeah. So in one take, the timing was off. There was dry ice in her dress that malfunctioned or there's a fire that hadn't been fully extinguished. Something was off slightly with the timing. And essentially, when she was lowered into the floor, her green copper based face paint melted into her skin, giving her second and third degree burns. Oh, she was literally fucking melting. That's, um, yeah, that's not, not great. No, no. That is not okay. Took her six weeks to recover. So in the meantime, Betty Danko, the stunt double that they used while Hamilton was recovering, also ended up spending time in the hospital after her broom caught on fire. Oh. What is happening on this fucking set? Maybe it is cursed. I don't know. It's fucked, man. It's crazy. Yeah. I feel like they just came in every day like, oh, let's see what shit happens today. Also, like I said, former fucking kindergarten teacher, like everybody hated her and thought that she was actually evil. And a lot of her scenes got cut because they were like, you know, this is going to be too scary for the kids. Really? So like everybody hated her. They burned her fucking face. Then they were like, we're still going to cut a bunch of your stuff. That's crazy because I feel like the stuff they did keep was terrifying. So like, what did they cut? Yeah, I don't know, right? She's like shoving bamboo shoots under Dorothy's fingernails to torture her. <laughs> like what? Like what the fuck was scarier than what they kept? Just like actual torture scenes. <laughs> <laughs> She's like waterboarding her. Where are the slippers? <laughs> Also, she was younger than Glenda the Good Witch. And everybody was like, oh, that evil old. Old hag. Hag. Also, you saw her in the film because she's the lady in the bicycle, the mean neighbor, Mrs. Gulch. Oh. Oh. Okay. So she was a woman of average. Average looks. She could have been any kindergarten teacher. Yeah. 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 That poor woman. Not that we're saying that kindergarten teachers are extremely beautiful sometimes, too. You know what? Everybody's beautiful in my eyes. Yep. Everybody's beautiful. Everyone has things about them that make them beautiful. Mm-hmm. Except for a lot of the people we talk about. They're terrible. But you guys rock. Serial killers. Yeah. I love you. Unless you're listening and you're like a fucking rapist or serial killer. And then we hate then you. We hate you so much and get off of our fucking feet. Yeah. What the fuck? Stop. <laughs> Okay, so that's just what happened on set. Oh. Here's some of the aftermath. Excellent. Frank Morgan, who played the wizard, was in a serious car accident less than a year after the film's release. Oh, no. Killing his driver (gasps) and injuring his wife. Oh, And then, 11 years later, in 1948, he was cast as Buffalo Bill in Annie Get Your Gun, and the day before filming started, he died in his sleep from a heart attack. (gasps) Oh my god. Also, I thought you were going to say he was cast as Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. Which also would have been about 30 years later. (laughs) 
love you. Michelle doesn't understand how timelines work. She doesn't know history or when shit happened. <laughs> Usually I don't either, but I mean, I did study this, so. That's true. I became a scholar of the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Clara Bandic, who played Dorothy's Auntie M, died in 1962 at the age of 81 years old. So this is from Wikipedia. I found this. This is pretty fucking sad. Great. During the 50s, her health was deteriorating. Her eyesight was starting to fail. She had severe and really painful arthritis. So she was not living wonderfully in the end years, you know. So on April 15th, 1962, after Sunday service, Services. She went home, put her favorite photos and memorabilia in prominent places, uh, laid out her resume uh, and press clippings from her lengthy career, uh, dressed in an elegant blue royal dressing gown, uh, styled her hair properly, uh, and took an overdose of sleeping pills. And also tied a plastic bag over her head just to make sure. Jesus Christ, nothing has ever made me sadder than this. Well, thanks for super bumming me out. Do you want to hear the no? No. Okay. No. It's really sad. Maybe. I don't know. Now I have to know. I don't know. I just feel like I could really relate to this in my older years. Yeah. So her note said, I am now about to make the great adventure. I cannot endure this agonizing pain any longer. It is all over my body. Neither can I face the impending blindness. I pray the Lord my soul to take. Amen. I just think that this is such a strong case for, do they still, still call it assisted suicide? I think so. I mean, as far as I know. That's the only term I've ever heard for it. I just think this makes the strongest case for that. Like people, if they are suffering in their later years, like we do with fucking animals, they should have the choice to be able to die if they want to. And they shouldn't have to do it by putting a fucking bag over their head. Yeah, 100%. Like a dog is, they're like, oh, okay, he's in pain. He's going to die. So they take him to the vet. The whole family stands around and like holds the dog hand. They go to sleep peacefully. She had to fucking, you know, it's just like, yeah. can we just like move towards nationwide, if not worldwide, legal euthanasia by choice? I don't know how to say that. You know what I mean? I, I think know. it's a wonderful argument for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's so sad. No one wants someone that they love to go like that. Right. Just because they're like, man, this is... Ugh. I cannot do this anymore. Yeah. So on that giant bummer of a note, I'm so sorry. (laughs) We're going to take a quick commercial break, take a deep breath. And when we get back, we will talk about the fucking plight of Judy Garland. Oh, God. My God. Okay. And we are back. We're back. We're back. They're here. That is the line. Mm Mm-hmm. So fucking Dorothy, my God. Judy fucking Garland was 17 years old at the time of filming. So let's just throw that out there. She was a child. (laughs) Yep. She weighed 98 pounds and was allowed one meal per day. She smoked up to 80 cigarettes a day to suppress her appetite. 80. I like triple check that because I was like, no, no, that is the number that I found. <laughs> yeah. Since she was 17, but supposed to look prepubescent, like 11, 12, she was forced to wear a super tight corset to hide her little 17 year old figure. Oh. She, this is fun. She was prescribed amphetamines to keep her weight down. Remember back in the day when they just like put people on meth for fun? Wild. They were just like, hey, look, here's the thing. You need to be really skinny for this movie. So here you go. Look, there's ghosts in your blood. You should probably do cocaine about it. (laughs) It's my favorite meme. (laughs) 
look, you're a 17-year-old fatty. You should probably do meth about it because we're trying to make a goddamn movie here, Judy. Gotta make a film here. (laughs) And you are in the triple digits. We need you down to the double digits. You are 100 pounds. So they gave her amphetamines to keep the weight down because apparently that 80 cigarettes a day wasn't enough. I wasn't doing it. Dude, I drink like three coffees a day. Not on purpose, but definitely surprise, suppresses my appetite. It surprises your appetite. Hey, surprise. <laughs> it surprises it too. You know, sometimes yeah. you're like, oh my God, I'm hungry for real food. <laughs> and then she was also prescribed barbiturates to help her sleep after 16 hour work days. <laughs> So she's on amphetamines to keep her up and barbiturates to bring her down. Uppers, downers, uppers, downers. Super healthy for the heart. Super good for the health. Uh, Yeah. Loves it. Loves it. Also, dickbag director Victor Fleming, after a scene where she like couldn't stop giggling because she's, you know, like a 17 year old girl, Mm -hmm. slapped her across the face and told her to go in there and work. Oh. Oh my gosh, this was the other one I was thinking about. Did you know that on the set of The Shining that Stanley Kubrick completely emotionally and verbally abused Shelley Duvall? I did not know this. So basically to get the performance out of her that he wanted, he wanted her to seem like scared and upset and sad all the time. Mm -hmm. He was super mean to her on set. He told everybody else to either be mean to her or not talk to her. The scene where Jack Nicholson is coming through the bathroom door with the axe and goes, here's Johnny. And she's like screaming terrified. So that scene was improvised or like Jack Nicholson was like ad-libbing or whatever. Uh So in that scene, she is legitimately yelling like terrified stop because she's actually fucking terrified of Jack Nicholson. Oh, she was horribly abused on that set. Uh Oh, great. I don't know about today, but I think that. I don't know. Listeners, let us know. (laughs) But no, I'm curious as to like rights that people have on set now and stuff. Are you allowed to say go fuck yourself if Uh. the director is verbally and emotionally abusing you and having the entire cast and crew do it as well? Like, Mm. but I mean, what a performance. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) like now you see interviews and they're like we're a family on set and we just had so much fun together and she's just like in the corner just shaking yeah (laughs) jesus yeah poor shelly duvall so back to dorothy or you know judy garland she later said that the studio had stolen her youth and fundamentally damaged her as a human being And finally, at the age of 47 in 1969, after several suicide attempts, Judy Garland died of a barbiturate overdose, Mm. which they had prescribed to her 30 years ago to help her sleep at night after all the amphetamines. She literally said, that thing fucked my entire life. Thank you. Jesus. And that's the Wizard of Oz, (laughs) y'all. Yeah, I know. We thought it was... Things get fucked up. Okay, are you ready for The Exorcist? I'm just going to dive right in. Dive right into it. So, like I said, I know that you heard this 100 episodes ago, but that was about two or more years ago. 100 episodes ago. Also, it's not on the regular feed anymore. Patreon only now. Also, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I think my storytelling has slightly improved over like 150 episodes. So... I would think so. He 
Here we go. Here, here we go. So in case you don't know what The Exorcist is about, like, that'd be weird, but I think where have you been? Here's a little synopsis. Linda Blair, who plays a young girl named Regan, starts acting sort of weird. Her mom's like, mm, you're like levitating and speaking in tongues and not being super cool. Not being super cool. So she's really scared and she takes her to a medical doctor and they're like, we don't know. So a priest is like, I think she is possessed. So he does a formal request for an exorcism and they send in the exorcist. <sighs> A professional exorcist to deal with this wild child. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. So things started off with a hitch, not without a hitch. Delays even before production. The actual movie starts off with a scene of an evacuation in Iraq. The trip to Iraq was delayed from the spring, so March, April, May, somewhere, until July, when the temperature rose to 130 degrees or higher. Jesus. So they were going to do it in the spring because it would be cooler, uh -huh. but delays made it so that it had to be summer. So that filming was 130 degrees and up. Great. Out of the 18-man crew, they lost nine to dysentery or sunstroke. That is a that's a lot. So that's literally just right off the fucking top. Just wow. To kick things off. It's like, ooh, that's not a great start. No. Then the bronze statue of Pazuzu, the film's powerful possessive demon, got lost in an air shipment from LA and ended up in Hong Kong. Oh. Causing more delays. Could you imagine just like you're just opening the mail? You're like, oh, what's this? Uh what? Pazuzu? Uh, mm, uh how'd you get here? Yeah, and Pazuzu's not a real demon, but it's a demon that's loosely based off of a couple other demons. Beersabooth? Beersabooth, Beelzebub, Beersabeth, <laughs> Bethsheba, all those, you know, all those guys. All those. <laughs> A lot of injuries took place during filming, which I'll talk about in a minute, which caused more delays. And super creepy, the entire fucking house burnt down. I don't know if it was like a film set house or whatever. I don't know. But it all burnt down except for Regan's room. Where Pazuzu lived. Yes. Come on. That's creepy. That's creepy. That's definitely creepy. So they had a Jesuit priest come and bless the set because they were like, you know what? Like, we might have opened a can that we were unaware of and <laughs> we have upset someone or something. Pazuzu, I know you're not real, but sorry. Could you imagine inventing a demon and then being tormented by him? <laughs> you're like, oh. You're like, you're not real. And Pazuzu's like, fuck you, I'm real now. That's like me and sharks. They were fine. You invented sharks? <laughs> And now they torment you. <laughs> wow, thanks, Ashley. Sharks weren't like this thing to be afraid of in my life until I started putting a bunch of tension on them. A bunch of attention, you know? You just made them really tense. Or a bunch of bananas. Whatever. <laughs> Look, I invented sharks and I started setting bananas on all of them and they got very upset. And then they started tormenting me. <laughs> wow. Here we are. This is a very interesting. This took a weird turn. Uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting this this morning. Okay, guys. And on that break, we're going to take one more commercial break. Note. And on that note, whatever. I don't know, Michelle. You know, on that break, we're going to take a note. Leave me alone. Okay. We're going to have a fun morning today. It is a day. So on that break or note, whatever you want to call it, we're going to take a break or a note. Do whatever you guys want. We'll be back. Do what you want. <laughs> 
Okay, hi. Hey. Hi. <laughs> so, accidents. Let's get into those. Oh, God. At some point in, on, or around filming, Jason Miller, who played Father Damien Carras, was hit by a motorcycle and almost killed. In New York, one of the carpenters accidentally cut off his thumb on the set, and one of the lighting technicians lost a toe. So, a couple of fucking appendages, just bang, gone. Uh, yep, yeah, mm-hmm. Linda Blair and Ellen Burstyn both got permanent spinal injuries from the making of this movie. Jesus. That's like the worst. It's one of the worst. Uh, spinal injury? That was real bad. It is up there. Mm-hmm. So equipment malfunctioning. There's one point where Linda slaps Ellen across the room and she gets pulled back in a way that just super fucked her back over. And then there's this scene where Linda Blair, the little exorcist girl, uh-huh. is on the bed and I think she's being levitated or she's being pulled or something. But she is screaming and crying, thrashing on the bed. Again, like the little boy. They're like, man, she is killing this scene. She's like, no, I'm actually dying. Like, stop. (laughs) They need a safe word. No, that's actually such a good point. There should be a safe word on film sets. What the fuck? I hope they do. Jesus. Pineapple. Hello. Like, fuck. Yeah. So because, like you mentioned with the clown, you can't really get better acting than being in actual pain and fear. (laughs) So both of their movies where they're like getting permanently spinally injured are in the film. (laughs) That would be so, so crazy. You're like, wow, I fucking killed it. (laughs) She wins an Academy Award. They're like, you're seeing where... She's like, my spine is broken. Thank you. Hi. She comes up sipping through a straw. I'd like to thank nobody. Fuck you guys. Where was my safe word? Yeah, that's Jesus. As I alluded to earlier, injuries during filming led to delays. So those were some of the delays also that were in production. You know, helping people whose spines were broken. Yeah, they had to take some time to heal and whatever. Deaths surrounding the film are pretty fucking wild. Max von Sydow's brother died on Max's first day of shooting. He played Father Marin. So his first day of shooting, his fucking brother dies. This isn't super crazy, but while they were shooting, Linda Blair's grandfather died. Oh, so sad. It is sad, but then listen to all this. The janitor who took care of the building was shot and killed. (laughs) The assistant cameraman's wife had a baby that died. Oh. And then under other circumstances, during filming, these people died. A night watchman, a special effects expert, and a guy who refrigerated the set. (laughs) I don't know. That seems like a lot of people dying. A lot of people dying. Yeah, I would say that's like a larger than average number of people dying on a film set. Right. And then the film came out in December of 1973. In January of 1973, Jack McGowan, who played Burke Dennings, died from complications from the flu, and Vasiliki Malioras, who played Mary Karras, died on February 9th, 1973, from natural causes. So Jack McGowan and Vasiliki Malioras both died in the film, and they both actually died before its premiere on December 26, 1973. Oh, my God. Spooky. I know. It's like I already told you the story, but you forgot how crazy it is. I did. You told it to me two years ago. Yeah, it was a while ago and not directly to you. Yeah, not the same way. Yeah. I was probably like doing the dishes the last time you told me. Right. 
So some other weird stuff. During the premiere in Rome, lightning struck a 400-year-old 16th century church nearby. There was a fuck ton of rain and people literally said that they heard demonic cry from outside as the movie began playing. Okay. Televangelist Billy Graham, which with the first word, I already don't believe anything he says, but he says that the devil himself was in the celluloid film. Man, evangelicals love to say that the devil's in stuff. Oh, it's of the flesh, you know, just my goodness. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was rumored that playing the movie would bring the devil into your theater. Oh. About a dozen people supposedly fainted during every show. One lady actually broke her jaw and sued Warner Brothers, saying that subliminal messaging had caused the accident. I don't know when and where she broke her jaw, but she was like, it was the exorcist's fault. (laughs) And they did settle out of court because so many people were like, no, dude, that movie is fucking evil. It probably did break her jaw. You guys pay her. (laughs) And there were warnings to the public saying pregnant women should not see this. Oh, my God. People said they threw up and hallucinated. There were ambulances outside of showings. Oh, my God. And also, there was some speculation as to whether or not that was like publicity stunts, you know, but... I mean, what better publicity for your horror movie than like all of that? Yeah. I mean, if that was publicity, genius. If not, scary. (laughs) And the studio had... This is so sad. Linda Blair, she was like a child. The studio had to hire bodyguards for her for six months because people actually thought that she was evil and she was getting death threats. Oh. Did you ever watch S Club 7? Yeah. S Club. Ain't no party like an S Club party. Oh, my God. Do you know Linda Blair is the landlord lady in that show? (laughs) No. Okay. That's crazy. Journalists asked her if she was mentally ill. Like, she's a child. And this is what's fucked, too. Around the same time, a movie called The Omen came out about a little boy who was satanic. And guess what? Nobody fucking came after him. Oh, no. It was just like, of course, this little girl gets demonized. But then a little boy in the same era. Demonized. Who plays, right. Also, some Satan-possessed child. Everybody's just like, nah, he's chill. Fucking bullshit. Well, maybe because Linda Blair did a better job. There we go. That's what we're going to go with. Yeah, she's a better actress. And since that movie and all sequels and such, there has been a significant uptick in actual exorcisms. And then I just wanted to end on this note because I think this is the craziest. So Paul Bateson is, he's just in one scene. They take Linda Blair in for an MRI or something. He plays like the MRI technician because the director was like, let's go to an actual hospital and have hospital people play the extras who are in the room or whatever. So this guy named Paul Bateson, you can clearly see him in the film. Mm -hmm. He might even have a line, but I don't think he does. But... He murdered Addison Verrill on September 14th, 1977, four years after the release of the film, and was also likely a serial killer who murdered five other men in a series of murder called The Bag Murders. Oh, my God. Somebody alleged that Paul Bateson told them, hey, I killed not just the one dude, I killed all six of them. But they could never prove that. So he was only charged for the murder of Addison Verrill. But yeah, so the radiologist or neurologist or whatever in The Exorcist that you see was an actual serial killer. He's a serial killer. Holy shit. 
And if that film set is not cursed or fucked or haunted, then I don't know what is. I don't know what is. That's that cat in the hat. Jesus. That's what they need. Oh, God. They need Jesus so bad. <sighs> they need Jesus bad. I don't say that very often. <laughs> You're like, but I'm feeling the spirit right now. It's telling me. I just feel like they need the Lord. Oh, well, okay. Maybe that'll inspire you to go watch some oldies but goodies. Both great films, you guys. I watched both of them totally needlessly in preparation for the episode. <laughs> Not that I needed to. You just said, oh, I'm watching The Wizard of Oz. Martin's like, what are you doing? It's research. No, literally. <laughs> I said, I was like, it's research. upon a star. Research is whatever I want it to be, okay? That's true. Unfortunately, the morbid part of me is like, I did not see the man hanging in the forest. Can I get a timestamp, please? I'm sure I can on the internet. Yeah. The internet, 100%. So that's all. You guys, we forgot to play Patreon. Bingo. Oh, bingo. What the f- I legit can't talk. Words this morning are- <laughs> Nice stroke, Pam. <laughs> what are words? Pobody's nerfect. Listen, if you want to hear the old version of this, where Cam also describes her experience on a film set that she worked on, then join the Patreon. It's episode 36. You can also hear how I tell stories better now than I used to. <laughs> Thanks a latte for joining if you do. Thanks a latte. It's only the price of $5. So thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. It's not a cult. It's just a podcast. But really, it is a podcast. And you should support us by rating and reviewing, subscribing. Oh, please. Telling your friends, posting about us on social media, joining Patreon, whatever you can do. Mm-hmm. We love you. Mm-hmm. TSFUthepodcast.com. Yeah. At TSFUthepodcast. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bum, 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 That's fucked up. up. I'm so fucked up. Can't you see? It's just really fucked. That's fucked up.